This is the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, March 22nd. We're number two. We're number two. Uh, I, I, My patriotism is at an all-time low, Corey. We're number two. We're number two. Did you get to see the much-anticipated Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout? I did. I missed the middle part of the game, uh, but I saw the first few innings. Saw USA and Japan were tied 1-1. I come back inside uh, the house, and all of a sudden, it's 3-1 to Japan. And I watched Kyle Schwarber hit an absolute moonshot off of you, Darvish. Schwaba. Schwaba. Uh, and... Uh, so I'm thinking, okay, here we go. It's a game. It's a one-run game and going into the ninth inning. But here was the catch is that Shohei Otani did not start the game. Japan was going to use him as a closer. Yeah. A la Madison Bumgarner in game, well, in game seven of the World Series in 2014. Uh, he's going to come in and slam the door. And that meant that Mike Trout was going to face Shohei Otani. Two of the best baseball players on the planet yep. were going to square off against each other. Yep. And uh, Shohei Otani won. I mean, that completely dominated Mike Trout in that at-bat. Now, Trout did work He did work the at-bat. He did make him battle a little bit. But at the end of the day, you Darvish uh, proved why he is the best baseball player on the planet. Did you see the... The pitches he threw, they were he, like one oh two with movement. He had he had three fastballs that he threw that were one hundred plus miles per hour, and then he hit them with like a I don't know a mid eighties slider. Yeah, that was just nasty for the uh, for the final strikeout. Um, and if you're thinking like, what's the big deal? Like, like players in baseball strike out all the time, right? Uh-huh. First of all, there's two things you need to know about this. One is Shohei Otani's Japanese World Baseball Classic team were monsters. Yeah. And Mike Trout's USA's World Baseball Classic team was a monster of a team. Those two guys play for the exact same Major League Baseball team, and they suck. I was... uh, Which is funny. They play together, right? Yeah. On a team that is that has been dead bad for a decade. It's It just goes to show you how in baseball you do need to actually have a good, solid team around star players, not the other way around, like in basketball or sometimes even football. You do need to legitimately have a good team. But one thing with this Mike Trout, Shohei Otani at bat, according to Codify Baseball, if you aren't impressed, you uh, I'm so you glad should you be. saw this. I was just going to talk about this too, CJ. Mike Trout has had three swinging strikes in only 24 of his 6,174 MLB career plate appearances, and Shohei Otani got him to whiff multiple times. It's amazing, isn't it? It's so impressive. By the way, Shohei Otani, uh, just another stat for you here, Corey, nobody else has hit a ball harder or threw a pitch harder than Shohei Otani did the entire World Baseball Classic. Or, by the way, hit a ball farther. Nobody has done either of those three things better than Shohei Otani in the World Baseball Classic. It's weird because we talk about Otani from time to time, mm-hmm. and it sounds like we're just making stuff up. It sounds like he is. There's never been another player like him. He he's is, Babe Ruth, except he doesn't have like this. Except nobody, better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, like it's also Babe Ruth has a bit of a myth to him. So everything that you hear now is like, is that a little embellished? Is that we're seeing this in real time 
and, and it sounds like we're embellishing it. And Mike Trout, by the way, is Ted Williams. Like, yeah, these two guys are their first ballot Hall of Famers. What Otani is doing. Mike Trout was considered the best baseball player of all time until Otani showed up. Like, that's the realm we're talking about. It's here. not hyperbole. If you have not seen Shohei Otani play and you love baseball, you need to make a point to watch him play. He is, he is all the things you got excited for with Byron Buxton over the years, or except he can Miguel also throw a hundred and two miles year, an hour with movement, or Johan Santana, like 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 put the best Johan Santana season with the best Kirby Puckett season into one person. That's who Shohei Otani is. That's that is not exaggerated even a little bit. That dude is so so special. Yeah. And now it's time for old Ironsides Joe Davis in 1904's record to be broken so the Angels can lose 11 to 9. Uh he's going to look weird in a Dodger uniform, isn't he? Uh you need to free him though. Need to free him from the Angels. That poor guy. Because I mean, here's the thing. With this, remember when we thought Ichiro was the greatest Japanese baseball because he was. By the way, Ichiro's jersey was hanging in the Team was Japan really? dugout. I don't, they, a He's few the Godfather, such. right? Yeah, they're all there because of Ichiro. Uh, Ichiro walked so, so Shohei could run exactly and mash yeah. and throw. <laughs> Ichiro, Ichiro put the ball in play so Otani could hit it over the fence. Goodness gracious, that guy's a freak. I mean, just and it's like you said. He's not your stereo. This is going to get to a stereotypical. There's a stereotype. Japanese guys are shorter. He's a mammoth. He's, he's a, a big dude. He's like 6'4, mm-hmm. probably 230. All I mean, muscle. He's, he's just, he's a great god. He's, it's great. And honestly, that's the thing with the World Baseball Classic. It had a playoff atmosphere. Mike Trout said, This is the biggest baseball game of my career. He's played in the playoffs before. Yeah. I mean, it feels like forever ago because it was 2014, but he has. That was some, a decade ago. He has some postseason experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, it's not like he's never played in any big games. So to see Shohei, uh, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout be in this situation and be on this stage is very, very impressive. And it's exactly what baseball wanted. I mean, if you're baseball, you wanted Team USA to play Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic Final, and you wanted Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. Now, it's to end the game. The bases were empty with two outs, but it was still a one-run game. I'm a little upset that Mookie Betts turned on the prime Dodger postseason form by grounding into a back-breaking double play. But, you know, outside of that. So goes baseball sometimes. So, so goes baseball sometimes. By the way, Shohei Otani, the greatest baseball player on the planet in this World Baseball Classic, has been uh, has hit for a 500 average, yeah. which is good. It's great. But also, it just goes to show you that the best baseball player on the planet still gets out half the time. But the best baseball player on the planet is correct. Yeah. He did did he, he did not win the MVP last year, right? No, did he didn't Judge because Judge it? did. Which is by the way, but there stupid was a- because uh, Otani's numbers last year were as good or better than they were the year before when he won the MVP, and it's just fun to give it to a Yankee for the seventh most home runs ever. Yeah, meanwhile, no, 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 it's the American League record. M- meanwhile, Otani is doing things no one's ever seen before for two years in a row. By the by, the way, there was an interesting thing talked about by Joe Davis and John Smoltz, and then we'll move on. By the way, Joe Davis, I think that's his name. He does play by play for Fox. He does the World Series now since Joe Buck left. Great broadcaster. Does a good job. Um, they uh, they mentioned Babe Ruth only pitched and hit for two years. Sure. 
Otani's done it for three. Yeah. So it's amazing. It's a. It's a. It's, a, it's if he didn't DH. He would also be probably the best center fielder on that team. And yeah. that team has Mike Trout as a center fielder. Mm-hmm. He's a freak. I got to see him play last year. I was so excited about it's, that. It's worth it. When the Angels come to town, buy tickets. Even if the Twins get clobbered, you want to watch Shohei Otani and Mike Trout play. That's that's the goal. Let's They're, move on to some state stuff, huh? Yeah, let's talk about some Minnesota sports on this uh, Minnesota radio program. The yeah. Wild won a big one last night. Uh, Huge. As, as described as an overtime thriller, Matt Boldy scored the walk-off goal with just two seconds left in overtime to give the Wild a 2-1 win over the Devils in New Jersey last night. Uh, I don't know a lot about hockey. But scoring with two seconds left in overtime seems like uh, the go-ahead goal seems like the perfect time to find the back of the net. Here, let, let me uh, let me reel you in, Corey. Eight seconds to go. Here comes Hughes. Hughes moving in for the Devils. Fights off the check. Off the post. Boldy with five to go. Does he have enough gas before the buzzer? Boldy in. He scores. Boldy said, by the way, he did not know how much time was on the clock, so he could have very easily ran out the clock. But he, I mean, it's just a like that shot hitting off the post for New Jersey, and then the Wild taking it on a breakaway with Boldy. Uh, he's 21 years old, by the way, Matt Boldy. He has four goals in his last two games. Yep, he is stepping up with Kirill Kaprizov out of the lineup, and he was the Minnesota Wild's top prospect, Matt Boldy. We all forgot about him because of Kaprizov, but. Matt Boldy's going to be a really good player for the Minnesota Wild. The Wild were playing really well before the Kaprizov injury, and they have not faltered even a little bit without him. So that's a very positive sign. It's a very, very positive sign. So go Wild, go. They visit Philadelphia tomorrow night. Um, just very quickly, it's it's worth mentioning here, uh, UMD men's basketball lost in the Elite Eight to uh, Black Hills State. Oh, that's too bad. UMD women's basketball plays in the Final Four tonight. They play against Catawba College out of North Carolina. So uh, good luck to them. Uh, the Timberwolves. Ooh, this is big. Yes. For the first time in months and months and months, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are not listed as out for tonight's game against Atlanta. No, it signals that one, one, if not both, could play. Now, Chris Finch, I think, went publicly and said he doubts he'll see both of them back tonight, but it's a significant step for Carl Anthony Towns, because all we've heard for months and months is he's coming back. He's coming back soon, guys. Soon. And then all of a sudden we heard yesterday, and we talked about it on the morning sports desk, that Cat had an injury setback in January. And again, the big deal with this injury isn't the injury itself so much as that if you don't take care of yourself the right way and rehab and come back right, there's a very high risk of tearing your ACL which is a year-long injury. So it's why the Timberwolves have been very cautious with Carl Anthony Towns. But to get both of them back, to get the Northern Heights lineup back, Corey, uh, be pretty important, mainly for catch shooting more than anything. This is this is big news. Yeah, we probably won't see them both tonight. We probably uh, might not even see either of them tonight. But to know that we're in, we are officially down to mere weeks away from seeing both of them in the lineup, it would seem, mm-hmm. feels pretty good. There's one more uh, story 
CJ, that's worth mentioning. Uh, the Twins beat Tampa Bay last night 5-2. They played the Red Sox again tonight. But probably most importantly in all of this is Byron Buxton made his spring training debut. He went one for three with By the a way, double as a leadoff hitter. Yeah, ripped a and, double in his first at-bat. And uh, it sounds like the story out of Twins camp is that he is going to start the season as the team's designated hitter. Yeah, that seems like the plan to try and ramp him up. And the reason the Twins can do that is because they also have a gold glove center fielder as the backup in Michael A. Taylor. Now, uh, again, you can say whether it's the right move or not because Byron Buxton still brings you more value than Taylor does as a center fielder just because of the arm that Buxton has along with the speed. But, I mean, it's just good to have Byron Buxton's bat in the lineup. I'll take that for now uh, if they're slowly trying to ramp him up to to be ready like and that's what it is the the story i saw anyway was like expect him to be the designated hitter a bunch early uh-huh it, this is going to be the effort made to keep him healthy for the entire season we'll right. dh him a bunch early and then as the season goes along the weather warms up those yeah. sorts of things he becomes your everyday center fielder i don't know probably starting june yeah I'd say the the playing devil's advocate here is the there's a couple things with Byron Buxton is one yes you do protect him from injury by having him just DH and not having him crash out in the wall in center field or dive and and hurt his hip or something like that but here's the thing Byron Buxton hurt his knee last year sliding into second base so it's not like it guarantees anybody from injury and injuries are fluky. Uh, I mean, he could get hit in the hand with a pitch like Carlos Correa did last year and have to miss time. So there's no guarantee that just batting gets him hurt. It does lower the probability of him getting hurt. The other thing with Byron Buxton is that uh, you do put him in the DH spot, but also Michael A. Taylor's bat isn't, I mean, he's a great fielder, but his bat isn't ideal. He's a bottom of the order. He's like a nine hitter in terms of, of how you would construct a lineup with Michael A. Taylor. He's not a he's not an abysmal hitter, but it's not his calling card. His calling card is his defense, which again is fine. But if you're looking at maxing out the total amount of production you can get in a lineup, it it's not a terrible spot to be in. I'm not trying to rip the twins. But if you really are trying to maximize that lineup, it is with Byron Buxton in center field. So you can open up the DH spot to one of your better hitters. But I digress. I'm not complaining. Byron Buxton being in the lineup is good for the twins. It's good for baseball. And there was a lot of talk about him being hurt. And oh no, he's going to start the season on the IL. More it looks like Jorge Polanco is going to start the season on the IL more than anything. But Buxton being in the lineup is better than not. Everybody was worried because he hadn't played in a spring training game yet. Now he plays in one, rips a double in his first at-bat. Byron Buxton can hit. I think he's going to be just fine. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Wednesday, March 22nd.